Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. My name is Ken Braddy, and I serve as LifeWay's Director of Sunday School. I'm happy to be with you today to walk us through session number three, God Saves His People. The suggested use date is December the 19th, and this is from unit number four, Out of Egypt, I Called My Son. It's the studies that we are looking at in December and January and February. Basically, we're looking uh, at stories from uh, Genesis all the way through uh, the book of Numbers. And so it's a tremendous study. Here we are, you know, about two-thirds of the way through the month of December as we have turned the corner. and, And now we've got this study called God Saves His People. And it's coming from Exodus chapters 13, 14, and 15. Now, the session outline goes like this. And we, you know, typically we break these lessons down into three different sections, which makes it uh, easy for you in a group setting to walk your people through a study of the scripture. And like I've said in other podcasts, don't feel like you have to get through everything uh, in the setting, you know, just in that one setting that you've got. Uh, the Lord may have you just teach one third or maybe even two thirds of your Bible study, because that may be where your group needs to camp out. So don't feel like getting through all three points is success. Uh, Success is going to be helping people wrestle with and understand and apply God's word. So uh, as we go through uh, the uh, session outline, there are three different points that, that we're going to make here in this Bible study. The first one is that God directs his people. The second is that God fights for his people. And number three, God delivers his people. And that's the outline for the session. Now, what will your group learn? Well, we hope that as they leave your Bible study, they will walk out understanding that God is the one who wins the victory for his people. There is a wonderful proverb that I have just come to to love, and it's kind of become not maybe a life verse, but it is an important verse, and it's Proverbs 21:31 that says, "The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory belongs to the Lord." And that reminds me that there is a human element, right? There are there are things that you and I do in the course of life to be prepared, to be ready to serve and to and to minister on behalf of the Lord. But the second part of that verse reminds me that any victory we have comes from him. And that's what we're going to discover here in this passage from the book of Exodus. God is the one who wins the victory for his people. Even though we may be the ones out there, you know, doing the fighting and doing the the hard work, God is the one who is behind us, granting us success. Now, how will your group see Christ in this session? Well, God has made a way of deliverance for his people through the Red Sea. And in a similar manner, God made a way of deliverance for us by sending his son, Jesus. And so through faith in him, we are saved from sin and death. Well, finally, before we jump into this session, how should my group respond? What are we looking for at the end of the day once this Bible study is complete? Well, because we have been delivered from sin through Jesus, We worship him at all times, showing others that God is of utmost worth so that they too might be compelled to trust in Christ and to be saved from their sin. Well, as the Bible study opens uh, in this particular session, session number three, 
we want to remind ourselves that you know many years of cruel oppression that the Hebrews experienced at the hands of Pharaoh, they were coming to an end, and God had heard their cries and had sent an, an unconventional deliverer in the person of Moses. You know, there were no armies, but the outstretched hand of God rained down plague after plague after plague on the world's strongest superpower. And the final blow, the death of the firstborn sons, it brought Egypt to its knees. And so Pharaoh commanded that Israel could be and should be let go. God's people were finally free, but there were still more opportunities for the Hebrews to trust the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as they began their exodus from Egypt. Now, if you think about it, you know, we long for simple paths through life, ones where we know our location and we can see our future destination. Uh, most of us dislike the unknowns, and we may even despise the twists and the turns that come along in life. But our knowledge of and our faith in God should make all of the difference. God will save his people, and he is personally invested, he is powerful, and he is committed. And we may not understand the path that he allows us to take, but we can trust our guide. That's a capital G. He will lead us home. It's going to be a great Bible study. So I'm glad that you're going to be teaching this one. Glad that you've tuned in for the podcast. Well, let's jump in and take a look at the three points that are going to come up in your Bible study. The first one is that God directs his people. This is from Exodus 13, verses 17 through 22. Here's what the scripture says. When Pharaoh let the people go. He did not lead them along the road to the land of the Philistines, even though it was nearby. For God said, the people will change their minds and return to Egypt if they face war. So he led the people around toward the Red Sea along the road of the wilderness. And the Israelites left the land of Egypt in battle formation. Verse 19 says, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph made the, had made the Israelites swear a solemn oath, saying, God will certainly come to your aid. Then you must take my bones with you from this place. They set out from Succoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to lead them on their way during the day and in a pillar of fire to give them light at night so that they could travel day or night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of the people. Well, in this first section, there is a wonderful icebreaker. I've mentioned these in the last two sessions. I'm really proud of our team. These are some great opening questions to get your group talking. And this, this icebreaker question says, how have you seen God work in your life through a difficult path to bring about your good. And again, icebreakers that are really good icebreakers, they get everybody talking. There's no wrong answer. And so when you've got those two things going on, you've got a pretty great icebreaker. I think the team nailed it here. So this is a great icebreaker to throw out to your group. Be ready to share something from your own journey. If the people are just a little slow to respond, they may need some time to think. So while you're telling your story, they'll be thinking about theirs. But how have you seen God work in your life through a difficult path 
to bring about your good. Now, I want to call your attention to something in the sidebar on page 34 of your leader guide. We've got a, a paragraph here about the Philistines and uh, the, you know, the land of the Philistines is mentioned in the road. So you might want to take a look at this. It'll give you a little background on the Philistines. And of course, you know, pay attention to the commentary. Uh, it will absolutely help you uh, with more information. Well, there is an important lesson here in, in trusting God. You know, the Lord may take us down hard paths that seem uh, to lead us into, uh, let's just call it a cul-de-sac, a cul-de-sac of impossibility, impossible circumstances, but his ways are not our ways, and his paths for us may not make sense to us, but we can know that they are for our good. That is promised in scripture, and so no matter what is taking place in our lives, we have to believe and trust that God is always working out things for our good and for his glory. And I know that you probably have stories that are coming to mind right now as you're listening to my voice. You can think back in your life to some very difficult circumstances. And after they were over and after you moved beyond those, I know that you could see the hand of God working in your life. And then you could say with integrity and honesty, aha, that's what God was doing. This is how he was preparing me for whatever is next. Your people that you're going to be teaching this next week, teaching this lesson, God uh, saving his people, they need to understand that God is still in this business of saving his people. Now, the second section, point number two of your lesson, has this title. It says, God fights for his people. And these are from various verses from Exodus chapter uh, 14. Here's what the word says in verse 10 of chapter 14 of the book of Exodus. It says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were Egyptians coming after them. The Israelites were terrified and they cried out to the Lord for help. And they said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, don't be afraid, stand firm and see the Lord's salvation that he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you must be quiet. Verse 19 says, the angel of the Lord who was going in front of the Israelite forces, moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and stood behind them. It came between the Egyptians and the Israelite forces. There was cloud and darkness. It lit up the night, and neither group came near the other all night long. What a beautiful picture of God fighting for his people. Now, there is another great discussion question in this section of your Bible study, and it goes like this. What might we find it difficult to stand? Or I'm sorry. Why might we find it difficult to stand still and wait for the Lord's salvation? Why is it so hard for us as people to stand still and wait to see how God delivers us from difficult circumstances. So here, we're not talking about salvation in the sense of spiritual salvation, but we're talking about a rescue. We're talking about God delivering us from a difficult, almost impossible circumstance. It could be something financial. 
It could be something relational. It might be something physical. But we just have our backs to the wall. There seems to be nowhere else to turn. And the question is, why might we find it difficult to stand still and wait for the Lord's salvation? Answers might be something like this. We think that we know the best course of action and we want to act on it. Or it could be that we don't trust the Lord to come in, you know, come through for us in a way that we want him to. Or it could be that we might fear human beings more than we fear the Lord or circumstances we fear more than we fear the Lord. This, I think, is going to lead to some great discussion in your group. But remember that God is faithful, and he is faithful to protect his people. Even when we don't understand what's happening, uh, God is not uh, going to allow anything to happen that isn't for uh, our good and for his glory. Uh, he will deliver his people. Now, Moses urged the people to stand firm and to see the Lord's salvation. And he refused to listen to his critics because he knew the Lord, the one who had appeared in the fiery bush. That's, uh, that's God, uh, the one who had stretched out his arm against Egypt with the plagues. Uh, he is the one who spared his people from the same disasters, and he would not fail them now. Moses was absolutely confident. Now, at this point, Israel still did not know what was going to happen next. There was a, an army, an Egyptian army, marching down on them. And they didn't have the benefit of knowing the epic miracle that was about to be seen by them. Uh, but they had the presence of the Lord who fights for his people. And quite honestly, that's all they needed. Well, in point number three, this will wrap up the uh, Bible study for, for this week. The uh, title for this section is God Delivers His People. And this is, again, from Exodus 14, various verses. So it says here in verse 21, that, the Moses, that Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back with a powerful east wind all that night, and he turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided, and the Israelites went through them, went through the sea on dry ground, with the waters like a wall to them on their right and on their left. And then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the water may come back on the Egyptians, on their chariots, and on their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea returned to its normal depth. While the Egyptians were trying to escape from it, the Lord threw them into the sea. The water came back and covered the chariots and horsemen, plus the entire army of Pharaoh that had gone after them into the sea. Not even one of them survived. But the Israelites had walked through the sea on dry ground with the waters like a wall to them on their right and on their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the power of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power that God used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in him and in his servant Moses. What a tremendous story of victory and waiting to see how God would show up and act on behalf of his people. Well, in this final section, there is an essential doctrine for you to make your group aware of, and that is essential doctrine number 33. I know that you know that Gospel Project has 99 doctrines that we like to 
continually uh, bring up to uh, to your group members uh, where those are appropriate. And here, uh, essential doctrine number 33 is the doctrine that is simply titled miracles. So, and a miracle is just an event in which God makes an exception to the natural order of things, or he supersedes the laws of nature, and he does these things for the purpose of demonstrating his glory and or validating his message. And so I know that you're going to want to spend some time helping your group members understand this essential doctrine of miracles that ties directly to the miracle of the Israelites walking through the, the Red Sea on dry ground. Now, Scripture repeatedly points to the Exodus as a sign and a symbol of our eternal salvation in Christ. Just take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, just as our salvation by grace through faith supersedes the impact of the Exodus, so too does our representative and our mediator. Jesus is the true and the better Moses who leads us through the waters of God's judgment against sin, and he is not a servant who will grow frustrated with his charges, but a son who welcomes and intercedes for those who enter his family through repentance and faith. Well, it's going to be a, a tremendous lesson this coming week. I know that there are people in your, your group that need to hear that God fights for them. God is for them. And even though they may be going through difficult circumstances and they don't understand the journey that the Lord has allowed them to take, they need to understand that he is right there with them, just like he was in the pillar of cloud and fire. He was right there with his people. There is a great illustration in the extra portion of your leader materials on page 41. I think you're going to want to know and tell the story of a lady named Joni, who through the course of some circumstances became permanently paralyzed. Uh, she was a quadriplegic. And she ultimately would say that her wheelchair was the key to seeing all of this happen. What was she talking about? She was talking about things that God allowed her to do after the accident had taken place. She says, so here I sit, glad that I have not been healed on the outside, but glad that I have been healed on the inside. And she would go on to say that she was able to actually thank God for redirecting her life. God redirected the people of Israel away from the shortcut that would get them to Canaan faster, and instead, he wanted them to go through the Red Sea to see his power at work and to stand still and to see the salvation of the Lord. That's where this lesson is going to take us this next week. Well, one final thing. I want to give you another teaching tip. I did that last week. I uh, told you about the 22nd rule about waiting for uh, your people to have enough time to think about their answer and, and not jumping in too quickly and answering your own questions that you may throw out to the group. Well, here's another teaching tip. Sometimes our group members just don't feel like talking. They're just not in a talkative mood. And we've all been there, right? When we've thrown out some pretty good discussion questions and maybe we've even waited that 15 or 20 seconds to give them time to think and still they're not really responding the way we want them to. Well, here's a tip about how you can go about getting these people, getting your people to talk when they're not in a big talkative mood. So here's, here's, here are two tricks that you can use and you can do this next time you teach. The first thing is this, if you ask a question and no one's really responding uh, the way you would like, and they're not uh, speaking up, do this quickly. Just 
put them in groups of three, uh, put them in triads and ask them the same question again and tell them to talk about that, answer that in their small group of three people. What we typically find happens is uh, people that will not speak up in front of a larger group might and usually will uh, talk in a group of uh, two or three. And so this is why I like using triads. But here's another way you can do this. If you don't want to put them in triads, uh, put, them in, put them in groups of two. Uh, just have them turn to a neighbor and tell the married couples in the group. If you've got a married couples group, don't talk to your spouse. You know, pick, pick the neighbor on the other side of you and do what we call a pair share, P-A-I-R, right? Pair share. You've got two people sharing their thoughts about a question that you have thrown out there. So at that point, you just take a quick break. You get a drink of coffee. You're walking around the room, perhaps. You're listening in on some of their conversations. But in groups of two or groups of three, your people will talk and, uh, and form these buzz groups. And you'll see them uh, perk up and light up and uh, get excited about answering these questions. Sometimes people just don't like the pressure of speaking in front of the group. And so that's my teaching tip for this week how to get your group to talk when they're not really in a talkative mood, use triads or use that pair share method. Well, again, my name is Ken Braddy, and it is my privilege to serve you through my role at Lifeway as the director of Sunday School and the manager of all of our adult curriculum, including the gospel project that you're using. I look forward to having you back next week as we will take a look at session number four, God Shows His Faithfulness. And uh, it'll be another great lesson in this series, Out of Egypt, I Called My Son. Thankful that we're here in the book of Exodus right now. Uh, it's just such a classic book of the Bible. So many wonderful, great stories with such solid application for us today. Well, I will see you next time. Thanks again for what you do as a group leader. We know that it's uh, it causes you to have to sacrifice to be a group leader. You have to sacrifice time to study and prepare. You're listening to this podcast. You will spend time serving and ministering to your group. I promise you the Lord sees it all and he rewards you for what you do. Thanks again for being a group leader in your church and supporting your teaching ministry there and supporting your pastor. We'll see you next time.